Hello and welcome to the Limitless Podcast with me, Joshua Patterson. I'm passionate about sharing the stories of courage and resilience. Each week, I will be interviewing extraordinary people from all different walks of life who saw past their statistics, who turned personal moments of adversity into strength. My hope is that this podcast can inspire you to step outside of your limits and achieve things you thought never possible. Welcome to Limitless. After completing my challenge from John O'Groats to learn Zen by wheelchair, I cannot even begin to tell you how stripped back my body felt. I took an absolute beating, both mentally and physically, and so it's been really important to my recovery to feed my body with goodness every day and get myself back to feeling nourished from inside out. It was a massive relief to discover Athletic Greens because they have the essential vitamins and minerals needed to get my health back on track. I'm really grateful to Athletic Greens supporting this episode of Limitless. They give people the opportunity to achieve their optimal health and I'm just so impressed to how dedicated they are to helping their customers feel empowered and limitless. So to anyone out there who wants to see the results for themselves, head over to athleticgreens.com limitless for more details and for an amazing 20 free travel packs valued at 77 euros with your first purchase. That's athleticgreens.com limitless. Thank you, Athletic Greens. So today I am incredibly excited to introduce someone who is pushing a really empowering message for her followers and using her platform for good. She is my good friend, my buddy, Chessie King. In a world of filters, giving an unrealistic picture, perfect portrayal of life, it's so refreshing to see Chessie calling out society's obsession with aesthetics, as well as making all of us aware of the impact of trolls and cyberbullying. Dishing real life and positivity, Chessie's platform continuously helps young people rethink the content they are consuming. Well, this is where I say thank you, Chessie, for coming in. What a lovely introduction. Thank you, Josh. Do you know what? Whenever you, you do those intros, you've got to do them justice. <laughs> you did. I Honestly, I will take that. And Josh used this uh, analogy, which I really like. Just a minute ago, he said, Chessie is a good day on the toilet. That's lovely, Josh. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Please explain. I'm sorry. I mean, we've already kind of lowered the tone. Essentially, what I meant in a really nice analogy, this is kind of, I mean, I'm sure you guys have friends or family in your life where the conversation really makes no sense at all. But my analogy of chess was essentially when you go to the toilet or loo if you're very posh and you have why am I even trying to make a fancy word for poo? Just just say it, poo. And it just comes out and then you don't even need loo roll. It just is just Brilliant. easy. It's yeah. a ghost one. It's just a rememberable Thank one. You. you don't get them often. No. That's why you are unique. Thank you so much. I will take that. Honestly, I'll change my bio to that. I, one of a kind poo. What I think we should, I mean, I can't let's, believe. Let's have we, yeah, have we started Sorry. your podcast? I'm trying to show, showcase top. how wonderful you are <laughs> and you're lowering the tone of my podcast. Let's go from the top. But anyway, on a serious note, the reason why I really wanted to get you on and have this discussion is because I think on a personal level, I, I look at the audience that you have and I don't think a lot of people understand you as in the ones that do you have such a wonderful um support network and fan base with what you do but i feel i still feel like there's a lot of uncertainty with the content you create and i think that's because we are 
so untrusting now, I think, in this industry and in society that we can't tell what's real and what's not. And I think it's only when you get to know you that you really realize the sincerity in what it is that you do and how much that you actually do want to help people. And it's almost like I think people have been let down so often they can't find themselves to actually understand it or or invest in it because essentially they don't want to go through that disappointment. Yeah. Do you how do you feel your audience is? Do you would you agree with that or do you feel like you have got a solid fan base? I feel like because obviously my platform never started off as what well, what I do now is 4 years ago I started it and I was posting so much about fitness and it was it was very fitness heavy and I was aesthetically led like my goals were to look good um to step on stage I did a bikini competition and it's evolved and I feel like the people that followed me from the start really trust my I mean my brand campaigns they trust me they trust my stories my posts and that is where I've built that real solid foundation of trust but it's the people that say followed me yesterday that are looking through my stuff and going oh yeah she dances around in her bikini and she wobbles her bits and she's confident but is that is that showy like you said like a lot of people think that it's not real and I understand that the more my platform grows, the more opinions I have. And fine, like I'm opening myself up to those opinions. And that's where hate comes in. But my main priority is just to help young people, not just girls, young girls and guys who are vulnerable and who are looking at social media for help, for inspiration. And they're not getting sucked in by these people that don't actually care and I and I think obviously we've known each other for a while I feel like you're my brother but I feel like you know me for for me but yet the people that follow me feel like they know me but maybe they haven't met me in real life they think that it's just a facade and I just put that on Instagram for followers which is not what I'm about at all and I just want to I, I want to spread my message offline as much as I spread it online and that's an incredible platform that uh, I have and I'm lucky to be able to use my voice on that and spread other people's messages but I just want to go around schools and just spread it face to face and for people to see that I genuinely care. I think people are starting to change and starting to trust that People are on Instagram and they genuinely want to help and spread a message. We've been in each other's lives for a number of years now. And what I really adore about you is that you have remained humble. You've remained hungry. And, you know, I think if people do have these criticisms, I just wish they knew that insight into you. That that is how much you genuinely care about your audience. I just feel like I have a, a real responsibility to support these people that are following me. And... I wish I could just get every single person that's followed me, even the ones that have unfollowed me, and um, get them into a room and just sit and just chat. And Mm. just honestly, I I wish I could stand there, hug every single one of you and properly listen to your story. Because I feel like, uh, yes, I have this platform. Uh, It's not just my message that I want to spread. It's other people's. It's charities that don't have that following. It's it's the podcasts like this that maybe don't have the immediate audience that I want to say, look, right, my audience, come over, listen to what Josh is saying because... I honestly think what you do is outstanding. And you say you've seen me grow, but I, I, I've seen every challenge you've done and every single step you take that people do not realise how hard you work. And I feel like 
together we can just you know help people <laughs> but that's that's what's amazing about this industry is that when you don't actively try and ride solo and you work together as a team there is such a phenomenal network of people out there yeah. i'm inspired every day by by you know and i like the fact you don't use the word influencer i hate that term i you know for me it's like it's role models take the responsibility yeah. of being a role model exactly and i think there are so many role models out there that are either starting out or they're you know they're seasoned pros and they've been in it for a while that you're inspired by their different stories if you can unite those stories the empathy and the passion together God, the future is an exciting place. There are people out there who really do care. Mm. And like I said, when we can unite those people, you know, there is nothing that we cannot achieve. Yeah, and I so think, powerful. And, and let's focus on it now. Let's not wait for the next generation. You know, that's my biggest frustration. We kind of have this attitude where it's like, we'll create the issue and we'll let the next, you know, generation yeah. resolve it. Clean up, yeah. Let's just do it now. But we just need to instill that belief and hope in people that we can be that. Yeah. And I know it's going to take time. What I really want to get on to is is everybody has a story. Like I know where my my passion and my empathy have come from, from my adversities. But what, again, I really adore about you is that you're so open about your past. You had a very happy upbringing. Your parents are still together, still so in love. Mm, a lot of people uh, assume that oh, I've been so lucky with my upbringing and my childhood. And I, I see that as I'm so grateful for being well looked after and supported and encouraged by my family but my parents taught me the values of money the values of working hard I wanted to start working when I was like 11 I started working when I was 14 and from 14 to 26 now that's 12 years of hard hard work and the people that maybe have followed me last week they don't see that and they assume that I've just jumped into Instagram I obviously woke up with 500 and something thousand followers and that is my life whereas there's so much background to that and yes I've been extremely cared for and I'm so so grateful for that but my parents have taught me those values from a young age and and I can see it through my brother and my sister and I think we were exposed to a lot with traveling. We were exposed to a lot with some of the, well, I went to a, a school with a huge variety of people and that was incredible. So I think I was open to a lot um, from a young age and I was put in front of people that I just had to speak to and, and be very comfortable speaking to. And I think that there's a huge community now that I would never have met like my my followers my my community that I've grown and we've grown together are people that I would never have met in real life and I find that fascinating like even things like losing my hearing when I was 23 I lost it suddenly and that's something that's invisible you wouldn't know that I live with it and I have tinnitus but that's something that when I was going through it I was scared to open up about it because it was alien to me but actually as soon as I said look this is what's going on. The amount of people that were going, I'm going through tinnitus and that is so powerful. I'd say the values that I have have come from my own adversities and it very much sounds like yours have come from your parents yeah. and the influence that they've had in your life. And, you know, this is, like I was saying earlier, I think it's so important to surround yourself with those mentors. I think it's funny because my parents, especially my dad's like, Chess, you're oversharing, you don't need to show as much 
buttocks he's always, he always says get your buttocks away put your buttocks away for me I actually don't think it's too in your face but that's because I'm fully involved in it but from an outside perspective someone said the other day oh well Chessie just gets a kit off and shakes her bits and I was like that's one way to put it but I actually don't see that I see I just feel liberated and I feel like I am speaking from my experience and hopefully someone can go Chessie's been through that and look where she is now and she can come out of the other end of it. I tried constantly for probably, I'd say 18 to 23, 24. That's six years of trying to change my body in every single way. I tried to change my tummy to make it look like every single other girl's on magazines. I tried to do every single diet. I went to every single exercise class. Like I have tried everything and it is so nice to sit here and just be like, oh my God, I'm, I don't have fake hair. I don't have fake nails. I don't have a fake tan on. I am literally just me. I'm how I, how I have grown up in these 26 years and that, this is just me. And I am so happy because I'm not trying to change myself. I work out because it makes me feel alive. It's so nice to just be like, oh, this, this is me. And, and if, if you don't like it, then well, I'm afraid we're not going to be friends. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? You've got to do what makes you happy. But then I think there's a lot of men and women out there, you know, men who, who feel the need to go to the gym and, and be muscular, you know, rip six pack. What's really important about this is that you guys look internally. Yeah. You look at what's within. Yeah. And I think if you can work on that, the rest will follow. You've yeah. got to find that inner contentment. I feel like I took it one step at a time and I really encourage you all to do this. Don't do it all at once. It's like saying like, stop chocolate completely. I could never do that but I think it was the it was the slow gradual steps like I started with maybe stopping the nails because I realized that actually no one's looking at my nails it was just because I liked it I, I took those off and I left those and I literally just don't even my friend says that uh, I'm so low maintenance that I'm actually a boy which is fine so I, I took it really gradually just start and and it really have that support of that other person even if it is your your mother your best friend your cousin your your sister anyone that actually believes in you and they will they'll say right okay right let's go with maybe stripping back the hair so let's just go with your natural hair and it's doing it gradually and you can do it over months and actually you realize that once you've tried going into work without makeup on and you feel good and no one's actually looking it's like oh yeah I can do that again and again and again and it really feels it's so empowering just stripping everything back it is it's like a detox and I think what's the worst that's gonna come of it you know uh, I would openly admit like when I played rugby my teeth got busted so badly from just getting battered the whole time because I was a small little skinny guy (laughs) and I decided just to get my teeth fixed I got Invisalign and I got some bonding done I didn't get veneers and I will admit I'm so much happier for that small change that I've made to myself absolutely yeah but I think Where I draw the line is when you look at these big, big time celebrities and you look at the major, major, and this is where, unfortunately, this word I would put into it as a negative like influence has. You look at trends with, you know, bum implants and and everything else that comes with it. And I think to myself, I know that might make the person feel like they're happy. But if you look at the original source, the person that started that, are they truly content in themselves? Mm. And I, you know, I don't know them, so I can't necessarily make a judgment. But if I was to assess the situation of it, I would probably say no. So essentially, the person that's influenced the trend of doing that particular thing, who's not happy internally in themselves, is creating a ripple effect where tens of thousands of men or women 
are trying to essentially replicate, replicate yeah. that image to mm. conform to a look that they feel is attractive or empowering. And where, where's the limit? You know, where do you stop? Because before you know it, you've gone and you've had 14 different surgeries yeah. and you no longer look like the person you were. Yeah. Now, how can you be happy in yourself if you no longer look like the person you were born to be? Yeah, I, it's crazy. The fact that we all started off exactly the same. Like one of my best friends is pregnant at the moment and I'm following her journey on an app. And it's so she's just a date right now. Like this, the baby's the size of a date. And um, I love it that we were all that size. We were all a date. And then we next week we're a fig. We all started at the same thing. And then we're born. And then we're told by all these different sources of information from the media that we've got to change. We've got to look like this. And then there's different trends. And then we try to conform to them. And I find that so overwhelming that actually, if we just strip it back to when we were like three, four years old, and we were just the pure form of ourselves. And I think that that's what I really want to encourage that if people don't like what what they see then they're not they're not going to be your true friends they want what's inside of you and they want you to be nice they want you to be kind they want you to be loving and that is like that's why i spend time with my best friends because they are truly amazing i don't go oh yeah well obviously i'm best friends with tess because she looks fit <laughs> i don't do that like i think yeah well, i did a really interesting campaign actually for cyberbullying with a charity and it's funny you say like the amount of surgeries that and you don't look like yourself at the end so it was the 24 hours of um, me changing my body to how trolls wanted me to look so I got a comment on my photo saying god you'd look so much better minus 10 kilograms you've got thick salty cellulite legs I was like lovely so then obviously the retouchers would change my legs to make them smaller and conform to how the trolls wanted me to look and it was a layer of all of these comments and it just amalgamated into this robot like I literally look like a monster and the whole uh, message behind the campaign was trolling is ugly not you like if you listen to every single comment from the media from the trolls from all of these different sources and your head that's the thing it's everything and your what your brain is telling you then you would end up you wouldn't even look human um, and that was really interesting so I think with all of these pressures just I know it's so easy for me to say just just strip it back down but I really want to encourage you I've got to a point now where I'm 29 I'm a daddy you know I've been through a lot and I just don't give a fuck anymore and I and I don't mean that you know like a lot of people go but you do there, of course I'm sensitive of course there are things that bother me but I just don't care. I've cared so much and been so sensitive for so much of my life that it's had a negative impact. And I'm so much more relaxed about things. And by doing that, I empower myself. And I think it's a natural law of attraction. I think people are then attracted to that, mm. whether it be in a work capacity or romantically. And I remember having a discussion with a good, good friend of mine. He's one of the funniest, most generous men I have in my life. And he's a good looking guy. But he's so insecure. Yeah. And I remember him being obsessed with the gym. And I said, buddy, why do you put yourself through this? Like, you know, you're not as fun as you used to be. You know, you, you've lost your humor because your nutrition is so precise that it's affecting your moods. You know, and he said, well, mate, you know, you've got to look good for the girls. And I said, but who's told you that the girl you meet wants you to look like that? You're conforming to something before that girl's even said a word. Mm. Tell me how that makes sense. How do you know what she wants? You have no idea. 
Why don't you go up to that girl and start a conversation with her and see how she responds to it? Because that's what she can be drawn to. You know, physical attraction lasts a brief moment. You know, you look at someone, you go, okay, aesthetically, yep, they're very pleasing to the eye. But then if you want to commit a future to that person, how are you going to keep them stimulated, Mm. inspired, in love with you for 30, 40 years? Because unfortunately, guys, we all know that those looks are going to fade away. But what will always stay is your personality, your character, what is within. So if you can win a girl's heart or a guy's heart by just being you, surely you've already started off in the right direction. Yeah. You know, because I think the issues right now within men, which it's not so much as an unspoken truth. I think there's just an uncertainty that there's a lot of men right now struggling with body dysmorphia. And I think at a point in my time when I finished rugby and I started to do other things, you know, I was really lost in myself and my body and I had a really unhealthy relationship. And I know so many men that are struggling right now with it. And a lot of them don't even know that they have it. So body dysmorphia is just naturally an unhealthy relationship with with your body. Mm. You know, you think you look in a certain way when in reality you just actually don't. It's not that I don't want to talk about it. I think we just have a lack of understanding. And I think, again, this is why these conversations are so important. That If any of you out there have had, I guess, battles or, or, or issues with your food or your training... You can't live the rest of your life like it. I mean, I I had a number of years where it was was incredibly unhealthy in my early 20s. I'm really happy to say that I've come out of it. And I think by talking about things like this, hopefully we can prevent and we can ease someone's challenges with it. And again, I think it's just work. The minute I started to stop caring about how I looked, but started to care about how I performed, the happier I became. Yeah. And what you've got to realise is, even if you reach a peak condition you're always going to have comparisons in the future. Yeah, and I think looking back on, I did a post the other day about a gravestone and um, having my name on the gravestone, how long I lived. I I put that I lived for 123 years. I'll take that. Um, But I put all the things that you're not going to be remembered for. So Chelsea King, oh, we loved her for her flat tummy. We absolutely loved the way that she pressed 75 kilograms above her head (laughs) things that like your family and friends the people that truly care and love for you are never going to look back and remember you for your image I think the only thing image wise that they're going to remember you for is your smile and that's something that we tried today we we tried um are we going to set you a challenge if you live in London if you live in Manchester anywhere you're listening in the world just try and smile at people and genuinely mean the smile don't just put on a fake smile and it's contagious yeah, it it's like a disease it like because people smile and they're like oh my god are they smiling at me oh it's oh brilliant it's like laughter you, laughter therapy is so good i i cracked up the other day someone was like oh people just sit in a room and laugh and they showed me a video and honestly as soon as you hear someone laughing it gets you going and it just felt so good to be like oh my god that's nothing to do with what i, I couldn't even see what they looked like i was just listening to their laugh and i just think that Obviously, happiness comes from uh, within and and all the bits that we've spoken about. And now I look back and I'm like, hold on, none of my favourite memories or none of the most 
incredible times with my friends and family have been about my body. They've been nothing. They've been far from the way I look. And they've all been laughter. They've been eating and having proper time and just spending quality time with your friends and family. And and you think back, like one moment that maybe is a pinnacle moment of your life of happiness, true, true happiness. Did it have anything to do with how you looked? No. People talk and they dwell too much about dad bods. Yeah. It's a dad bod because you're busy. Yeah. But the big question is, are you happy? Yes, you're tired. But in the end of the day, you have the most precious thing in the world. Who would you say were your inspirations to this point? I would say truly my mum and dad from a young age. And I saw them doing triathlons, doing marathons. They were very active doing yoga. And it's funny because it inspired me, but I also rebelled against it at 16, 17. I was like, I don't want, I don't want to do that. Like, obviously you go through a stage of being like, my mum and dad are not cool. And it was funny coming out the end of it. And now I appreciate how much they were trying to educate me and embed it in me from a young age. And those were my foundations of understanding that health is incredible. Like they still, I mean, my mum's had three of us. She's 55. She still runs every day. She goes to the gym every Friday with her trainer and she is incredible and she's truly happy. And I, and I'm so lucky that I've grown up with a a truly happy woman in my life because I look up, I've never, ever heard her look in the mirror and go, God, I, I look, I look fat today. And I think, yeah, inspiration, like inspirational parents are the foundations of children's uh, future. Obviously, like, yeah, it comes from them. I mean, you've kind of answered the question already, but what I love to do is take a moment where you look at your life and you look at where you are in this very moment. And if you could reflect and say thank you, who would you like to show that gratitude to? Well, I wouldn't be here if my mum and dad hadn't had sex and popped me out. <laughs> so I genuinely do. Yeah, it's back to my mum and dad. And it, it's, it's just a thank you for them believing in me and truly understanding that there was no path that I had to take. There wasn't any pressures of you you have to do this as a career or and it was just that understanding that if they let me do it and they let me find my way then that was that was liberating for me i felt freedom but also as the first child i also was a bit of a guinea pig so my brother and sister got away with a lot more than i did but i think that that was great and that that i'm naturally a big sister i've got two younger brothers and sisters and for me that's what i want to spread that sisterhood and like we've said earlier if we come together and do this all together and realize that yes you're a man I'm a woman but we're going through very similar things and I just think that is so powerful and that instead of competing and being against each other it's going actually you know what I've been through that so let's let's help each other. I think there needs to be more role models like yourself out there with that voice and you know I'm very very lucky to call you my friend and I think having an influence like you in my life you know, has just has, has been wonderful. So I just want to say thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me, Josh, honestly. Thank you so much. I love you. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Limitless. This podcast is something that I'm so passionate about and would love it if you would let me know your thoughts and opinions by leaving a rating and a review in the comment section. It really helps me to spread the word. If you think this story might resonate with someone you know, then please share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe 
so you don't miss out on new episodes every Thursday where I'll be talking to more inspirational guests who have seen past their limits. Until next time.